This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. Joining me this week, two retcon parents of ambiguous descent, Brian Murray. I am your real dad. Kate's Cutchless. Hello. Oh, God. Um, wow. Wasn't expecting that. Hi, dad. I'm dad. Um, okay. I guess this week on I Read Comic Books this is episode 332. We are one episode away from the end of I Read Comic Books. I'm just going to say it again. We said that we were going to end the show at 333. It's happening next week. We're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff, but, but I guess before we get into that and, you know, we all start to cry and say goodbye to IRCB, um, we are going to have a Discord hangout on June 18th at 8 p.m. We want you to be there. It's going to be fun. It's the last one before we go on our summer break, which we do every single year. I'm probably going to spoil what we're going to be doing for our summer break if you're there. So if you want to know what's happening, we're doing something special. Instead of doing regular mini-sodes, we're doing something else. As we get closer to that, I'll let you guys know what's happening with that. Uh, but don't worry, the show's ending, so nothing matters. Um, anyways, let's let's get into things. I've got these two legally mandated questions I've got to ask, which is how have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Kate. I've been okay. Gas has hit uh, over $5 and a gallon here mm. so my money does actually jiggle jiggle now not fold which oh is <laughs> a bummer um but uh-huh. comics have been good comics have been good especially since uh with the the gas prices uh library comics hoopla comics uh used comics excellent I first have started out with reading uh, Back to Saga number one by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples because Saga is a summertime comic. Can't convince me otherwise. It's bright. It's fun. It's action packed. It's I probably read it for the first time in the summer. I don't know. But for me, it is an eternally summertime comic. And I need to reread everything to be able to read the new stuff because I cannot for the life of me remember a bunch of what happened. Um, Yeah. I will say the big thing that stood out on my reread of issue one, like no matter how many times I do this, I'm always surprised by the number of genitals. <laughs> but you, gotta, you gotta be ready for that. <laughs> you gotta be. And you think I would be, because I've probably read the first issue like three or four times now, but right. they are always there. <laughs> Just like, okay. <laughs> um, the new stuff I read was bloodstained teeth issues one and two. Um, co-created by Christian Ward uh, writing and Patrick Reynolds with on art with colors by Heather's Moore. I heard about this uh, from folks talking about it on the podcast here and then checked out the preview art, which was chef kiss beautiful. And that is what got me interested. I will say I was pretty disappointed on what the plot yes. turned out to be. I know like the, the art is extremely pretty that mm-hmm. was not that did not disappoint the storyline based on what the like slug was versus what it like has turned out to be was not it for me unfortunately so the main character is vampire Atticus Sloan who is a firstborn vampire meaning he was born not turned by another vampire and he's been turning people into sips uh, which are the turned vampires for money even though they're forbidden by vampire law and so I was thinking, oh, this is going to be a cool thing about the people who will do anything for power or greed or blah, blah, blah. like they're basically like commentary on society in that way. And sure. um, skip forward 10 seconds if you don't want minor spoilers for issue one. Turns out he's just tasked with hunting down and killing all of the sips he's made. 
or else he's going to be killed. And so it's just him going around finding and killing them, which is much less interesting to me, even though it is, it is still beautiful. But it's, you know, less exciting than than hoped. Um, but that I can totally see being exciting for some people. <laughs> so not not discouraging reading. In a weird way, that now also means that they paid him to kill them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I I love this idea. Mostly, I guess the thing that made this book work for me, Kate, and like, I don't want to completely disagree with you because I get it. It's just like vampires going to be killing and that's the story. Um, But I do think that they what they showed in the first issue of the people that he's turned into vampires are like the biggest pieces of shit that suck. you could ever ask. And, and so it's like, okay, so now he has to go kill all these pieces of shit people who are basically like the the scum of the earth. And I, I say that in like, the, not that they are like, you know, people out there who are murdering and, you know, doing all sorts of violent, awful things, but they're just like garbage influencers. Yeah, and so he has to go yeah it is basically them. a revenge fantasy on the people you don't like on Instagram, which I get why that <laughs> yes. it could be a fun read. It just isn't what I was expecting. And then I totally get that. I totally yeah, get that. Like... Um, but yeah, well, I'm glad that you at least like continued through it. I mean, did you read both issues? Or did you just read the first one. I read one and two. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I guess that could, that's like enough push that I need to read number two to see how much I actually dig it. Because I was really sold by that first issue. But um, I mean, yeah, I was yeah, we'll too. See. And then it I mean, it follows number two follows what, you know, he's tasked with in number one. And it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. becomes more of a fighty comic in that sense. I see. I see. Gotcha. Well, um, I don't know. I'll have to I'll, I'll have to give my review, I guess, next time and see if, I, if I'm if i on the same yeah. page with you, because who knows? I may change because that happens sometimes, right? With image number one, sometimes you read something and it's like, this is solid. Let's go. And then number two just somehow takes a poop and yeah. it's like not fun. So, yeah. Hey, I get you. Um, well, anyways, Brian, what about you? How have you been? How have comic books been? I've been pretty good. Uh, they just dropped the New Game Plus patch for Horizon Forbidden West. So I've oh, been... Uh, really diving in on that so it it feels really good to go back to those early level dinosaur robots that gave you so much trouble and just one shot them from half a mile away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, comics wise i finally followed through on my threat to read archie meets riverdale number one <laughs> your threat <laughs> this is written by daniel kibblesmith lines by pat and tim kennedy inks by bob smith colors by matt herms and letters by jack morelli and uh it was exactly what i wanted it to be it was a a fun and weird and goofy uh adventure where super serious like riverdale archie finds himself in comic book riverdale (laughs) and awesome you know shenanigans ensue we get uh yeah at one point reggie's beating his own ass um (laughs) Brian, you can't say that on a podcast. <laughs> uh, you know how Jughead and Betty are dating in Riverdale? Uh, comics Jughead was not on board with that at all. Oh, sure. Uh, all, all in all, I mean, it was like, was it world changing or, you know, the the best comic book I've ever read? Absolutely not. But I laughed my ass off for 20 minutes while I read it. So... It sounds like a great book to me. Definitely high marks in my book. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. That's what you go into that with as a desired outcome. So 
success. Yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of like fun jokes. Like at one point, uh, Betty asks Jughead, comics Jughead, if they also have a problem with cults and their Riverdale. <laughs> and he's like, no, I mean, things got real religious for a minute. But... <laughs> oh, man. It's well, a lot of fun. This is a ringing endorsement for this book. I think I need to grab this. Is it, do you know if this is just a one shot or is it uh, like a small mini series they're doing? It's probably just a one shot. Okay. Um, okay. But it's it's also on Hoopla, so if you want to check it out, you can do it there. Oh, easy sell. You've you've sold me completely now. That's what I'm doing tonight is reading this. Yeah. What about you, Mike? Oh well, I made the mistake of going outside yesterday. And um, I should say I made the mistake of going outside for more than four hours. I was outside from like 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, and I put sunscreen on once at 10 a.m. So like start to do some math there. And my uh, skin is uh, a nice rosy color today, um, specifically my neck as I was outside playing Pokemon Go all day and looking down at my phone outside in the hot 80 degree sun. Um, so I'm feeling a little burny, a little little sticky. Uh, today as I've been putting more sunscreen lotion on because I plan on going to do that for another like three hours today after we finish recording because I'm addicted to Pokemon Go and I paid $15 for this weekend event and I'm going to get every ounce of fun out of it that I possibly can. <laughs> um, so that's what I've been doing. Uh, I, I did read some comics though. I sat down and I read, um, I caught up on a bunch of weekly Shonen Jump books uh, and I read One Punch Man number 162. This is by written by one art by Yusuke Murata. The only reason I want to bring this book up is because the big, huge, massive story arc that they've been doing in this story of like the Heroes Association fighting against the Monsters Association. It's like way over the top. It involves every character that's ever been introduced in this and plus dozens more that he's introduced as the story has gone on just to make things stupid, right? To me, it feels like one is poking fun at these massive story arcs that happen in things like My Hero Academia or Jujutsu Kaisen or the the biggest and most complicated series ever, One Piece. And he ties the entire ending of this story up with two characters sitting down to have tea. <laughs> I, I think it's the funniest thing in the entire world. Um, one like, Punch like Man is... A, like the end of the Scott Pilgrim movie. <laughs> Yes, exactly. He's just a really cool dude. Like, we're going to do brunch next week. Like, <laughs> it's it's kind of like that. Uh, I, I don't know where the story's going to go from there, right? Like, 163, I think, might be out or whatever, but I read 162 most recently, and I couldn't believe how ridiculous it was. Big, bombastic fight scene that cuts to a tea party at the end that I uh, just, it tickled me. So, really love that. <clears throat> the other book that I want to talk about is uh, Steins Gate, the complete manga. I mentioned this two episodes ago as this was like my upcoming top of my pile book. I was a couple chapters in and it took me a couple more sittings to actually finish this book because it's it's a pretty big beefy book. It's like 550 pages. Um, it contains the entire Steins Gate story. Um, this is by Nitro Plus and 5PB. I think those are video game publishers um i think some people over there wrote the story and then yomi sarachi uh did all of the art for it and i think when i mentioned this i might have hyped the book up a little bit more than i probably should because the story in this comic is not great <laughs> it is a visual novel that has branching storylines brought to life which in my mind stories that do this never end up great because they only ever tell like one piece of the story but the thing that makes this comic interesting to me 
is that the butterfly effect implications of all of the time travel in this story um, are really, really, I don't know, kind of fun. And they they have these thresholds of things that in order to truly change time, you have to do so many specific things to go from like alpha timeline to beta timeline to zeta you know timeline. Um, and so I like a lot of the ideas that are in this comic, but really the timeline stuff is either really well written and intentionally blurry to make you question everything that you've read, or it's just really bad and really poor writing. I can't really tell. And I feel like I need to go reread this again, even though I think I've watched the the anime twice. I'll probably read the manga twice um, and come out of it still really not understanding how time travel in this story is really supposed to work. Um, But for me, I I do think the thing that sells this comic for me is like, again, the butterfly effect type time travel stuff. Um, They set up all these rules and limitations and these different faux science things that they can and cannot do. Um, And I think it's it's a really fun look at time travel, very different than other things that you've seen. Um, And I I feel like if you sat down as like a modern person who's read a bunch of sci fi that involves time travel and anything like that you'll go oh this is pretty rudimentary but i think for when it came out which i think was like the early 2000s i think it was a pretty cool storyline that involved parallel timelines and i still think rereading it right now is really cool especially with all of the the every media property in the world doing like multiple timelines and multiple parallel universes um this book coming out right now seems almost too coincidental um, as a collected edition. So if you can get your hands on it, it's apparently only available in like physical hard copies. Um, but I I like this series a lot, and I think I'll stick to my my semi high rating of the story, even if it's there are some yucky parts to it that I you know you just can't get away with because you know I don't know late nineties early two thousands manga just has bad tropes in it, and there's nothing we can do about it. But um, yeah. Uh, and finally, I guess the last book I'll talk about is Legion of X number one. Uh, this is written by Cy Spurrier, inked, inked and penciled by uh, Jan Basildua. I'm going to get that. Yeah, I think I'm going to try that. Um, colors by Frederico Blee and lettered by Clayton Coles. Um, ultimately, is this a comic book about Krakoan cops? Um, absolutely. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Is Nightcrawler a, the head of the cops now that live on the mutant utopian island known as Krakoa? Sort of. Um, does he do cop stuff? Sort of. Um, but is this really just a comic where Sysbury or somehow hoodwinked the X office to continue to tell the love story between Blindfold and Legion that he started with X and Legacy? Absolutely. 100%. That's what this book is. <laughs> This is the third series that he's done now, fourth series that he's done now, where he's continued this storyline. And I don't know how the X office continues to let him get away with this. <laughs> I love it to death, but I feel like he must come to them with a pitch that's like, hey, I want to do this cool thing about like religion on Krakoa or want to do a cool thing about um, cops on Krakoa. Or I want to do a cool thing about David Haller stuck inside of his own mind again. And they're just like, is this actually a story about that? And he's like, the a plot is definitely that it's in there <laughs> it's not not that <laughs> it's it's amazing i i love it because the first issue like the the last series that we read i think was uh way of x which was kind of about this ne- uh, nightcrawler trying to discover this religion i think that series got canceled early which is why it was only five issues instead of being continued forever but then legion of x number one picks up right where that book left off <laughs> 
And like, I love, I just love it. I don't know. It's my favorite thing. And I will read anything that Simon Spurrier does um, with the X-Men because he writes in a way that just tickles my brain in the correct way. And I want all comic books to be written like that. It's, it's so much fun. So love this book. Yeah, I, I can't, I wouldn't, it's so weird because like, I can't even recommend it to you because I'm like, the only reason you would love this is if you read uh, X-Men Legacy. But in order to understand X-Men Legacy, you also have to read all this other shit that built up to X-Men Legacy. So like, if for me to recommend this book to you, I'm also saying, hey, you've also got to read like 4,000 pages of other stuff. So I don't know. It's a yeah. hard sell. I've, I've accepted that I'm probably just never going to read and like an X-Men comic. Unless That's they fine. reboot the whole fucking universe, then yeah. then I'll jump on at issue one. But. The only X-Men book that I can blindly recommend to people is X-Men, The Worst X-Men Ever, written by Max Bemis. Highly recommend that five-issue miniseries because it encapsulates everything that makes the X-Men good, makes fun of everything that makes the X-Men bad, and is self-contained. And you don't need to know anything about anyone because everything that's in the story is completely explained or it's it's written it's like handed off being like this is not important to the story so you don't even have to care it's it's great i love that book that's the one about the guy who could explode right yes question mark that guy that can explode can he explode i don't know <laughs> i mean anybody can explode once <laughs> <laughs> and brian has summed up the series <laughs> um yeah so that's that's what i've been reading um i i actually read a lot of other stuff but i don't want to talk about the bad comics that i read this is the eventual i hate comic books podcast that we'll do on <laughs> patreon um where we only complain about the comics we've been reading but after after we end at 333 we're gonna start the i hate comic books podcast exactly <laughs> this is true brian i how dare you spoil what i was going to announce next week it's my um, my full but... villain transformation <laughs> We're going to be entering our villain era um, on every comic books. But anyways, let's let's move on. Let's talk about comic books that we are excited to read, comic books that we're looking forward to, comic books that are on the top of our pile, whether they're new, they're old, whatever. Let's dig in. Uh, Brian, what are you looking forward to reading next? Uh, I'm looking forward to I've got the second volume of the Greg Pak run of Darth Vader uh, on tap. Nice. This is the stuff that's set between uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and it's it's a really cool exploration of the character i mean the one that i the excuse me the volume that i already read was all about like vader following up on some of his past like seeing padme's old handmaidens and stuff so i think it's going to be i'm really interested to see where it goes obviously the current or the recent release of the obi-wan kenobi series kind of sparked re-sparked my interest definitely yeah, I don't want to give too Brian's, many spoilers. Brian's Star Wars interest was dead before this show. Just absolutely <laughs> in the gutter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean with Vader specifically. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but they, the, the Obi-Wan show managed to make Vader intimidating in a way that you rarely see. Like, yeah. I think, right, right. Like, it's like in Rogue One when he pops up in that hallway and you can see like just the terror on the faces of the rebel soldiers. Yeah, Danny in the chat had the gif, the oh, yeah. gif from that movie. Oh man. Uh but yeah, it, it's like that where you actually see him as like a frightening thing and not as Palpatine's very slow uh henchman. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's exciting. I I've been meaning to go back and reread. I think all of those Star Wars books. I only ugh, the the Darth Vader stuff is interesting. I think I read Kieran Gillen stuff. I'm guessing that mm-hmm. Greg Pak also is doing a pretty solid job. So maybe I'll have to go back and read those because I'm right there too. I feel an itch for more Darth Vader stories um, after watching those Obi Wan uh, episodes. Yeah, yeah. It's and I love that show. By the way, I will not I will not stand for any slander of the Obi Wan show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk in the break, good. Brian. Um, you can't make bold statements like that on the show. Uh, Kate, uh, what about you? <laughs> I, what are you looking forward to? I have volumes one through six of Saga checked out from the library right now in the trade paperbacks. And so nice. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, well, I was going to porch read these because summertime, but with mm-hmm. the pollen, we're thinking maybe not. But still, I'm excited for that reread. Um, also, more Scarlet Witch because I'm on a kick now. I just didn't get through everything, but probably yeah definitely more of that like i want to read the children's crusade the young avengers book and Mm. i didn't get to finish that yet um but the big thing is i like struck gold at my library's used book sale like little room the other day where someone must have just donated a bunch of comics and i was able to pick up fun home by allison bechdel of the pechdel test fame nice that looked like someone read it once and that was it and then also was able to get blankets that looked completely unread but obviously i'm not going to read that because that is a winter comic it is not seasonally appropriate (laughs) i mean you also picked up fun home which if i remember correctly is like one of the most depressing comics that ever existed i'm hoping saga can balance it out right okay okay and then uh what was the other one i got oh a look looks completely unread hardcover of the first mouse guard book uh for i think two bucks yeah I was just n- doing nothing but winning. But Fun Home is, yeah, it. I have not read it, but it is supposed to be a downer. It's a memoir about her very dysfunctional relationship with her dad, who she finds out after coming out as a lesbian herself uh, was also gay. And then a few weeks later, he dies. So she's left with a whole bunch of questions and is reflecting on how her relationship with him and how him being closeted like affected the, her family and life and stuff. Um it is supposed to be extremely good. I yeah, am definitely yeah. going to plan it with a ch- uh, cheerful chaser afterwards based on <laughs> things I've heard. So, um, yeah. yeah, you can always take a break for saga with some silly dicks bouncing around. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. How Sorry. About you? Am I wrong? <laughs> no, I mean, no, you're not. That's the thing. I like can't even argue with that. You're completely right. Well, yeah, for me, I guess before I get into my picks, we've got some folks hanging out with us live uh, as we record today on our Discord. As always, you can always you can join us on our Discord uh, from our website or in the show notes, and you can listen to our episodes live as we record every Sunday at 1-ish p.m., depending one or two or three. We'll let you know if you follow along on the Discord. But uh, Danny's hanging out with us. They're reading uh, Teen Justice number one. Nick's reading Penguin and House volume three. I think this is a joke. I think this is made up. He posted a link to this. I think he definitely made this up though penguin and house does not seem like a real thing random house yeah you got the name of the book wrong nick um and kev's going to finally read eight billion genies number one i'm very excited to hear what you say about that kev because i love that book to death so curious to hear your thoughts it sounds like a manga is that a manga no that is that is ryan brown and charles soul's latest crazy goofy series that they're doing where what if everybody suddenly got a genie like one day everyone just has a genie that will grant them one and only one wish cool and let let the chaos ensue that's what that book yeah that does sound that does sound really interesting just wish for everybody else's genie 
I mean, you got to read the series to see what finds what happens, you know. Um, but for me, though, I am excited for spoilers. Uh, Legion of X number two. I know I just talked about Legion of X number one, but I got to talk about number two because Cy Spurrier, Jan Bazaldua, uh, Federico Blee, Clayton Coles. Um, if I'm one thing, I'm consistently a sucker for Cy Spurrier doing the X-Men, as I said. Uh, I wherever this book is going, I'm there to follow. Whether it's up, down, in between, bad, good, it doesn't matter. I'm following this book to the ends of the earth because it is such a fantastic story, and it's it's everything that I want. Like I said before, uh, it's it's the palate cleanser that I need between reading some of the other books that are quite honestly awful in the <laughs> X Men world right now. There's just so many not good books, or so many unsatisfying comics coming out in the X universe, and I'm reading all of them because. Because of course you are. Mm-hmm. Because of course I am. That yeah, that's much better than what I was going to say. Because uh, my name's so, yeah. Mike Rappin. Yeah, but I wanted to read. You know, Legion of X is the palate cleanser that I need, and it's fantastic. So I'm very much looking forward to this second issue. But um, speaking of bad X Men things, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the Scarlet Witch and all the things the Scarlet Witch. Because really, we just needed to answer the question: Who is the Scarlet Witch? So we'll be right back in just a second. This week on I Read Comic Books, we are asking the question, who is the Scarlet Witch? Because as I said before, I think in previous episodes, the the timeliness of I Read Comic Books is not something that we think anyone listens for. Instead, we're waiting for weeks after the Doctor Strange reveal or the Doctor Strange movie and the WandaVision TV show to dig in on this character that I think a lot of people are very into. So we're going to talk about Scarlet Witch from beginning to end. Uh, and I guess to get things started, let's let's talk about our history with this character. So, Brian, what's what's your history with the Scarlet Witch, and what did you think you knew before you got into some of the research we did for today's episode? Not a whole lot. Uh, most of what I knew about her uh, was from either the MCU or listening to you talk about House of X. Okay. Okay. Or House of M. Sorry. Yeah, House of M. House of X. It's, it's all the same. House I of X is a thing too, right? Yes, yes, it is. So stupid. <laughs> it's the it's the hox in the hox box. The hox you know? in hox box. Yeah, sounds yeah. like a doo wop song. Who put the hox in the hox hox box? Uh, All right, but I yeah, I, I I didn't have a whole lot of history with the character. Um, I thought that she just had reality warping powers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I knew that she and Quicksilver were were siblings, except when they weren't siblings. Right. Magneto was her dad, except it turns out he wasn't. It's pronounced Dadnito. I'm sorry, Dadnito. <laughs> right, right. Okay, okay. So like more modern, more modern information. That's cool. I, I guess. Got, Kate, what, yeah. What about you? What What was your history with this character? So I have read a fair amount with her in it, just from my early days of being into comic books, where I was just picking up random crap at the library. Um, which is how I originally got into them. And so read, reading a lot of like 90s and 2000s era books um, and have always thought of her in the same category as Storm and Jean Grey, where I'm like, these are cool X-Men characters that are sometimes some of the coolest characters in Marvel and mm-hmm. other times, depending on the writer and artist, are really shitty because they just fall into that overly emotional woman can't handle her feelings and goes crazy and makes it everyone's mm-hmm. problem trope. 
and sometimes are depicted like they're like a boob boobs on stilettos. A boob character. delivery device. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's the character. So it really depends, but basically with the right that's the, all three of those characters for me are like with the right team love them so much. With the wrong gotcha. team get so frustrated i stop reading the book so that's definitely a thing with comics though like the characters you love yeah. the most are the ones that piss you off the most exactly. when they're done, done exactly. dirty yeah. <laughs> yeah and the other thing is like there's definitely a middle ground where there's a fair number of books where they're just relegated to the relationship plot character where it's not like awful but also it's like man they're so much cooler than you're using them for like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like do you remember that x-men book that was basically it was titled X-Men, but it was basically the women X-Men book. Um, And the whole first volume is just them arguing about like bickering between themselves about who should be leader. And it's just like, why this could have been so cool. Well, Jubilee did steal a baby. So like she did steal a baby, but storm has a Mohawk. Obviously she's the leader. We can all, this is solved issue one. (laughs) Damn. Damn. You're right. That's (laughs) So okay, so your so your 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 history is is very uh, frustrated with the character. I, totally understandable. Yep. High, um, highs and lows, highs and lows. Okay, but I have okay. not read any of the um, books from like the the seventies and eighties and stuff with her. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and that that's kind of where I was coming from with the character, right? I had read House of X, really loved that. Uh, I know that the that story is kind of. It, it, not kind of it is problematic in that it's basically sad woman does bad thing right um you mean house of them excuse me i got, yeah, I got y'all turned around now, now i'm now i'm <laughs> ruined uh yeah house of m is basically that and you know if you read i read avengers disassembled i read house of m um and I, to this day i still love the house of m stuff that happened right and i think that the the storyline basis has root in marvel's tragic history of this character right um and that so i I, you can't i don't fully point the finger at brian michael bendis he's just working with what he's worked with but that being said we've also seen writers take characters and go yeah fuck all that noise we're gonna just start them scratch so like why didn't we do that so yeah so my my history with with wanda has mostly been through that through children's crusade which i really loved uh, and I think I've, I've dabbled in trying to read some older stuff, but quite frankly, I just can't stand comics that were written in like the 70s and the 80s yeah. and in the 90s and most of the 2000s yeah. uh, and 2010s <laughs> and even the 2020s. So <laughs> uh, save it for the new podcast, Mike. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. But so like my my history with the character has she's always been kind of like a side character. Um, I feel like str- strangely up until like this most recent Scarlet which run i feel like pietro's gotten the better storylines um especially coming out of uh pietro aka quicksilver especially coming out of house of m quicksilver got the coolest storyline of anybody and i can't believe that wanda didn't get her own miniseries the same way that quicksilver did it it, it, reflecting back on that the decimation stuff that they did as the fallout of house of m was some really cool x-men stuff um not all of it was great but like quicksilver coming to terms with the fact that he his ex-wife who was a an inhuman and deciding that he could undo everything wanda did by embedding himself with the terrigen crystals that the inhumans used to turn themselves into or give themselves powers um and then trying to travel through time by running aka like a la the flash 
really fucking cool storyline and wanda is almost nowhere to be found in that story because at, after house of m she has disappeared off the face of the planet because she erased herself by switching everything back but like they could have given her a storyline that was like a three issue arc or something about wanda's life outside of being the scarlet witch it would have been good but anyway so my my history with the character is very limited right it's it's she's always been a side character and that kind of stinks because I think Scarlet Witch as a character is really cool. And when she does show up in things like Children's Crusade or even some later Avengers stuff, like she's very powerful and very interesting, but she's never the focal character. Um, And I think if you look at her history, which, you know, we I think we all did our own different bits of research. We're going to find that she's never really been the main character. And despite her being so crucial to so many different storylines. Yeah, she's she it feels like she's more often the problem to be overcome than the person solving the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess like, and that kind of goes back into her history. So I kind of want to dig through like the timeline of Scarlet Witch. We don't have to talk about every individual issue that she was been in, but you know, like her storyline kind of goes crazy. Her and and, and Pietro, you know, they've had this strange past of, they were villains that turned into, it turns out that they were mutants, but it turns out that they were actually not mutants because they were created by the high evolutionary, but it turns out that they were uh, definitely mutants. Oh no, they're actually inhumans. Oh wait, they're actually not any of the above. And so Wanda as a character has been kind of tossed around left and right between all these different universes that are inside the Marvel universe. Um, And it's really wild. So I, I guess like, as you guys were digging, what were some of the more interesting points that you found out about the history of this character? I guess I'll start with you, Kate. I don't know. What, what what did you find out that you thought was interesting? So I didn't know um, a lot of this. So when I was reading um, just the general background of the character, I didn't know the stuff that about that she started out as a villain and then was like converted and then kind of has flipped back and forth as she's like, oh, no, I'm crazy. And now you have to fight me again and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I really have only read stuff in which she is a hero, sometimes a conflicted one, but then the MCU stuff, she's on the the side of the baddies, right? For a lot of it. Uh, to start, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, again, she starts off as a bad guy and then becomes a good guy. That's what I thought. Yeah. 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 So I also just started watching for this episode um, the WandaVision show and got through the first four episodes. I really like it so far, um, mm-hmm. although it definitely like does become that that storyline of the the lady can't handle her feelings and now it's everybody's problem yeah but it is still a cool show in the way they've done it with the different eras of television for different episodes and stuff i've been really really digging it yeah I, so I think like the, the the idea of like ah this character has gone temporarily mad with grief isn't a bad thing to do but why is it always women yeah exactly right, exactly right. um and so i've I'm definitely going to finish that. But the big thing um, for me was like reading the Scarlet Witch collection, which she is finally the main character, uh, Scarlet Witch by James Robinson. And that has been really cool. And I really enjoyed that. Gotcha. Uh, what about you, Brian? You Did you do any much digging in on this character for, for the show? To, and was there anything that was like particularly interesting um, that you found? Yeah, I did the same. Uh, I read the same collection that Kate did, the the Robinson collection. And I, I feel like it really stressed how much she like kind of exemplifies the problems I have with comic continuity 
in general. Because yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like nobody has like a real good idea of who this character is or what she looks like or anything. Because <laughs> I feel like each issue is so drastically different. I are, yes, this book. Are it, we going to talk about the cleavage scene? Is that oh what we're my do? god! Okay, so this book one hundred percent exemplifies the problem of like, but so the writing is solid throughout because it's all the same writer. But then, well, mm, yeah, uh, it's definitely I all mean, the same writer. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but the the thing that hit me like slap across the face between issues was definitely the changes in artists and colorists. Um where some artists are like fantastic. Like I loved uh, issue two with Marco Rudy and oh, yeah. Chris Vision's work for like issues three and four with the rich witches road sequences and like the David aha covers badass. But then uh-huh. some, then you're like, that was so good. And then you get to the next issue and it's so painfully comics garbage. <laughs> it's that, Steve Dillon it, trying to draw. Yeah, women. <laughs> exactly. Steve Dillon is exactly who I put down. And it's just like, she is just, boobs on high heels and you're just like god damn it there is we go from like a very serious somber end of an issue to the beginning of the next one and she's doing yoga on her balcony in like short shorts and a sports bra oh yeah with the most egregious use of like that that hip v thing mm-hmm. uh-huh uh-huh like her her hip v is like a foot and a half long like <laughs> <laughs> i mean <laughs> I'm not even going to say that, what I was going to say. Um, so anyways, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I totally agree with you guys. I, I definitely want to talk about, more about that, that that arc because I think we all read that as part of today's show. Um, but I did, didn't know if you guys dug in more on like the history of the character, particularly the fact that like multiple times Wanda has been possessed by this demon called Cthon. Um, and like supposedly for a while that was where she got her quote-unquote hex powers which i couldn't i was like okay so we're just saying that it's it's straight up like eldritch horror powers and then they were yeah (laughs) yeah it's 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 wild stuff i just like i dug into that and i looked at a lot of the high evolutionary stuff uh where she has like or pietro and wanda had like a an a cow engineered to be a human by the name of Bova, who was like their caretaker for the longest time. Um, I think she shows she's shown up since like the seventies and eighties, but um, just digging through some of that stuff, like through the Wikipedia page and some screenshots that I saw in a couple different articles is kind of absurd to see like what these characters have done. And I think if you dig into any character's history, right? Like, you know, Captain America, Iron Man, whoever, you're going to find some bizarre stuff. But uh, I just, I feel like, this character in particular has had a whiplash of different styles and approaches and origins because no one seemed to be happy with her, but they wanted to keep including her. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like at one point she in the children's crusade, she's married to Dr. Doom because why not? Um, I That kind of stuff just really threw me for a loop because I couldn't, I just couldn't believe that it was real. Like that there is a, humanoid cow that is their caretaker that helped her deliver her imaginary children um because we got to also bring that up at some point that billy and billy and timmy i don't remember what their names are um they are not real except for now they're real so until they are they're not real until they are yeah until they are if you time travel in the uh ircb feed and go back far enough in the years uh you will get a lot of episodes of me talking about as i was reading the arc uh 
where they go from dad Nito to the high evolutionary um, mm. because, and that was like a big deal. Right. But, Oh, Danny had it. Sorry. It was Billy and Tommy. I, I said Billy and Timmy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I read like the Wikipedia page, um, but mostly was watching stuff like Danny has a really good uh, episode on the like important comics in uh, Scarlet Witch kind of series. And I really want to go and read some of those um, older single issues. I am not committing to a full arc of like a 70s or 80s comic. I know myself and I know what those are like and I'm not doing it. But like a one off (laughs) of like the very first one she's in. Absolutely. That sounds cool. And the biggest thing um, that I was convinced in the lead up to this is, damn, I really need to get around to reading House of M. I mean, it's it's weird because it's such a crucial comic book for Scarlet Witch. And then she's barely in the comic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Once again, Uh, she is is like the reason things are happening, but she's not really a character in it. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, Which I think, uh, you know, makes the, the James Robinson comic books so much so much more interesting because like all of the problems like wanda is given a purpose right it's one of those comics that sets the character off to do something um that i think you would see in like a doctor strange story or you would see in a i don't know like i want to say teenage Mutant ninja turtles like it's just like freak of the week uh something needs to get done they're the only person that can do it uh you know television does this really really well and i like that they did this with scarlet witch because marvel's magical universe is so stupid <laughs> most of the time yeah. um, that, you know, to, to try to consolidate it all and say like, all right, we're going to touch everything that's not Doctor Strange, but magic wise and just try to tie in Iron Fist wise and just try to tie it all together um, through this one character known as Scarlet Witch. And I, I think that that like added some like interesting continuity potential that seemingly has just gone ignored since that st- story came out. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess like to dig into that that James Robinson book, I guess what did you guys like about that story that we read? Uh well there there's one thing that I want to ask before we really get too much deeper. Um Oh sure. Which is does the idea of like the the color power warlocks and witches is that a thing anywhere else besides this book? Uh I mean, it's a big deal in the DC universe when it comes to lantern rings. Uh, <laughs> y- yes, Mike. I'm aware of the Lantern Corps. <laughs> uh, I, I just mean I, because, like this, this book introduces like the Emerald Warlock and yeah. Senor Violeta and stuff like that. Well, and she it, it does introduce too that she is uh, basically Santa Claus, where she sees the auras of good and evil, so she knows who's been naughty or nice, which I mm. really like. <laughs> it's so dumb. I but to your question though, Brian, I. As far as I know, I've never heard of that. But again, I haven't read every Marvel comic there is. That being said, like as far Fake as I know, fan no. Boys. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I, I have read a lot of like magic stuff in, in the Marvel universe um, that I think a lot of these characters are involved in. And it's like if you look at Iron Fist, usually he's associated with greens and yellows, right? Um, but I don't think that's what his magic is. But then there's like there's the Black Knight who uses like a black sword and he has like black hex powers. So like I think it's there. I just don't think it's ever been called out the way that robinson does it in his story yeah uh i was just it was one of those things that it was gonna bother me if i didn't just get it out there immediately mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh danny in the chat calls out the fact that wanda was part of the avengers versus x-men i forgot i blotted that entire um story out of my mind um but yeah she does try to fight the phoenix force 
or help help Danny punch the Phoenix Force or something. I don't I don't know. That's such a s- stupid huge story. Um, like, and that's the thing. Like, Wanda has always is always there, right? She's always part of the Avengers, except for when she's an enemy of the Avengers, depending on whatever the storyline is. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, she's also involved in the Axis storyline. I think she's part of the reason why everything gets reversed. I don't know. Um, and, and this is where like it's mostly just me being a, a fed up old comic book reader just like all oh, these events are stupid who cares about them because none of it you know matters because it's always getting retconned and stuff but you know if you're trying to draw a line of like the history of of what wanda has done as a character like she's never the main character except for in this james robinson story to get back to where we were before but like i don't know i i found some of the storylines to be interesting but i felt like every issue was like a couple of pages too short or something like each issue had either too much buildup or too much middle to make the ending feel satisfying. I don't know. But I, I, but like overall, like I did like the idea of this story where Wanda's the only person who can quote unquote fix, um, you know, witchcraft. And so she has to explore her past as well as explore other people who tap into the same magical means that she does. And, help them in some capacity and she's traveling across the world to do so like that's a really 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 fun idea that they could have done for forever um i just would have liked to have seen some of the single issues become mini arcs like maybe two issue stories or three issue stories um and i know this is where we get into how come brian michael bendis got to write six issues of spider-man becoming spider-man when it only took them like four pages back in the 60s but like there is merit to actually building a story instead of trying to do a one and done thing so well yeah yeah I definitely agree. I think that if each of these issues had been a couple pages longer, you could have tied them into the overall narrative much better. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. like, I, I loved the individual issues, but I don't feel like a lot of them had anything to do with fixing witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically her traveling around to where things are broken and trying to fix it there, I guess. But it's less, yeah, the, they're more disjointed. But then the the only part where I didn't want a little bit more was that you do get a lot of that tropey thing where um, she finds the baddie and then they explain for several pages what their evil plan was all along. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. really? Come yeah. on. Yeah. There, but there's almost like a quirkiness to that yeah, in a way, right? Yeah. Where like, if you think about the Scarlet Witch's origins, like that's what every comic book was. Yep. So it's was as was Robinson just trying to do a callback, or was it just we got to get this figured out in four pages? So I'm going to overexplain everything yeah, exactly. so that Wanda can. That's what it felt like. Away the bad guy. It felt like it was a slightly like we were out of space, so I need this guy to just explain what his plan was because it'll take too long to do it otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, there's definitely the element of like. The dude's name is the Emerald Warlock. He's got to tell her what his evil plan was. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. A lot of, lot of uh, word bubbles in yeah. these comics. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you know how I feel about the written word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's, it's still like, it's still interesting. Like, cause I feel like this, this book has a lot of potential and it has it's like set enough seeds in place to try to heal Wanda as a character and say like okay after this series is done we don't have to do the Wanda is crazy anymore she's she's settled and she's she's killed all of her demons and she's figured out her past um and there's still this question mark kind of at the end but in a way that I think leads into for another writer to potentially 
uh, tell a story about her being a hero without all of this baggage that she's constantly carrying around that everyone falls back on no matter what story she's in. It's like, well, I can't do this because I can't let the hex or the chaos get out of control. Yeah. It's like, all right, Jesus fucking Christ, we get it. You you control chaos. Like, let her do something cool. Like, it's okay. It let her like, have control over it. It feels like they they sometimes do that just to nerf her because otherwise the stories make no sense because she could just instantly fix it yeah 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 which I mean, but jean gray is possessed by the cleansing power of the entire universe <laughs> also yes <laughs> is the whole thing where like she her soul gets older whenever she casts magic is that a thing anywhere else or is that introduced here i i i had like a i i didn't look into that because i also was curious about that i i feel like that's a thing but i couldn't tell you where i know the idea of like magic having a price came up in dr strange at one point Mm -hmm. because he he was not paying the price and it all caught up to him Mm -hmm. but it's one of those things where, like, in comics, obviously, if you don't want to kill the character, you have to undo every bad thing you do to them. Mm-hmm. So her soul mm-hmm. is aging, and she's, oh, no, she's going to die. But then uh, her mom's ghost sacrifices herself to save her, and it reset her soul clock. <laughs> so like now she do. can do magic again. I Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Danny, you know, calling out that very recently we did see like an older version of Wanda in this in the world. And there was a question of like, who is she and why is she here and blah, blah, blah. I mean, like it's it's I don't know. Like, I feel like that was a thing that Robinson really leaned on in this book. But I wish that they would have just kept it, you know, like make that her that be the debilitating thing that like she's got control over this thing now, finally. But there's this huge sacrifice that she had to make in order to do so. Like, yeah, is that good character building? I, I think so. But yeah, I mean, like it, it, it's, it's interesting to see like how I would, I would be curious to see how another writer would handle a follow-up story to this, because personally, I don't feel like the trial of Magneto was a very good story involving the Scarlet witch. Um, honestly, like I'm looking through her Wikipedia right now and it's like Dawn of X. She's not a mutant. So she can't technically be on Krakoa. Uh, the Empire. I didn't even read. I don't even know what that's about. She shows up at the Hellfire Gala and she gets killed. Like she becomes a plot point. Yep. <laughs> so like I don't know the story that ends up in in the trial of Magneto. In my opinion, like I said, is not is not a good one. And I really really did not care for that story arc. So like I think the worst offender of all the Scarlet Witch storylines is definitely in Ultimates three. The, which was written by Jeff Loeb and art by Joe, I'm going to butcher this, Mandarira, something like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where Captain America goes up to Wanda in Quicksilver and he's like, hey, Wanda, could you wear like maybe more clothing? And Quicksilver is like, I'm going to fucking kill you, Steve. How dare you? And Cap is like, what and wasp is like hey it's because he loves her not in like a sibling way wink wink you know damn it kate i i didn't want to talk about the twins i told you we're gonna do it so then uh scarlet witch gets killed by an assassin and wolverine is recounting seeing her sleeping with quicksilver gross 
and oh we my. get it on the page and everything like as this he's is, describing it uh this came out in the era where jeff Loeb was like not in a good place and should not have been writing comics and yet he was wait it gets oh, worse boy. it gets worse no, no. <laughs> so then quicksilver no. becomes like obsessed with his dead sister slash lover even like going to the point where he's like hallucinating her a la Battlestar Galactica, right? I was just say a la uh, yeah. Twilight. But yeah, that too. That too. Oh boy. So, well, all of that sounds really bad. The details are even worse. <laughs> where spare <laughs> us? No, because when the, when Wolverine <laughs> discovers that Wanda is dead, he says he needs to investigate it because quote she could have been mine. And he goes on to describe sleeping with Wanda's mother and how much Wanda reminded him of her. So instead of her dying, be like the tragedy because she died uh, being the thing, it is all centered around the feelings of Quicksilver and Wolverine who are lusting after her, both of whom specifically are said to be lusting after her because they remind them of her mom. Like, it's so bad. Dude, what? Yeah. like So it's... It can't be the grief of a brother who lost his sister. It is completely the grief of a man who lost his lover. It's just so gross. No, see, this is the new comic book series that we're going to do. We're going to do an I can't believe this was published comic book style. Hashtag twincest. It's it's how did this get made, but it's for comics, right? It's Um, why did this get made? Yeah, why did this get made? Oh, my God. You know, the thing is, though, as you say all of this, I remember that I read all of it. Yep. Yep, so, so did I. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. what the fuck? Do you yeah. want to uh, shout out Nikhil Clayton on TikTok for his uh, What the Fuck Comics series? <laughs> um, very, very funny. Yeah, um, well, huh. I will say I don't even, Screen Rant. I don't know where to go with this now. Screen Rant, <laughs> Screen Rant deems this uh, one of the most poorly thought out moments ever published by Marvel, which I, I think I agree with. I have not read all of Marvel, but that's... That is some august company too yeah exactly yeah (laughs) jeepers um well okay i guess we have we answered the question who is the scarlet witch um i think the answer to that question is we don't know and neither does anybody else (laughs) yeah 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 exactly and i think it goes circles all the way back to the beginning of sometimes she's a badass super mutant and other times she's an unfortunate plot device (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly Um, yeah, I guess that's true. And, you know, and we didn't really touch too much on the on this Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, thing, you know, over here at I Read Comic Books, we typically just read the comics. Um, Let me push up my nerd glasses there. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, Elizabeth Olsen's portrayal of the character is interesting. You know, Kate, you talked about WandaVision for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, And I, you know, her in Age of Ultron is it is a thing, you know, going from villain to superhero and getting with the vision and, you know, tapping on, I think a lot of the beats that have worked with the, uh, with the comic books, you know, the WandaVision show kind of hinting at some stuff that becomes that you've seen in the comics. I don't want to spoil the show for you, Kate, but um, you've also read some of the comics that will spoil the show for you already. So it's interesting to see how Marvel has decided, like from their cinematic universe perspective, it decided to pick and choose bits and pieces of this character's past. And I think they give her a little bit more, uh, I guess, uh, ownership over who she is in, or what's that? What's the word that I'm like? Agency. That's the word um, <laughs> in the move in the movies and stuff. Um, but I, again, I think there is still that teetering potential that like, 
we don't have to use this character to be the problem for everything just because she has quote unquote chaos powers, you know, yeah. like her versus the the villain that gets revealed at the end of WandaVision is really interesting. And I think it, it'd be <laughs> all right. That's it. Cut the podcast. We're done. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to see how how they've done things. I'm I'm really trying to tiptoe around things because I don't want to spoil WandaVision for Kate right now. So yeah, I'd be curious to you know maybe we'll have to do a follow up like Wanda show once we see everyone's seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and stuff. I'm out in the boat; I haven't seen it yet. So, um, yeah, I Danny did. saying save it for the Movie Club episode all about Wanda. We'll get Paul involved, and I'm sure he'll love that. So. Um, <laughs> Anyway, just imagine Paul listening to that tirade about the twin cest. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. So to wrap things up, uh, Brian, you have any final thoughts about about Wanda that you want to get in before we wrap up here? Uh, I think that we as a society definitely need to move past the bitches be crazy story arc. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, I just wanted to mention that I, I feel like from watching WandaVision versus some of the older Avengers movies, uh, Elizabeth Olsen is winning me over in a way that she didn't originally, where I just feel like her acting is just getting better with time, which mm-hmm. uh, has been really nice in the in this show. And I'm looking forward to the Doctor Strange movie, but also have not seen it yet. Yeah, definitely finish WandaVision before you watch the movie. Okay. I have a feeling that's going to be crucial. Okay. Um, yeah, I I'm right there with you guys as far as uh you know we can get away from different tropes and I be like I said be really curious to see if someone tries to pick up the mantle and try to write a good Star- Scarlet Witch story um that's about her being a hero and being you know this this powerful mage similar to Doctor Strange and maybe that's what the movies are kind of establishing and maybe the comics will in tow try to do something similar so uh, fingers you crossed you had or had not seen the new Doctor Strange I have not seen the new Doctor Strange okay. so. All right. But I'll keep we'll my see. mouth shut. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to read into that too much. But um, anyways, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. All I'm going to say uh, to wrap things up is that I want to buy every single David Aha cover and print yes. it out and make it the wallpaper in my house because, oh, boy. Um, oh, yeah. Danny in the chat is saying that uh, this Doctor Strange movie's coming to Disney on June 22nd. So I'll probably watch it then. And Brian, you and I can we can have words after that. <laughs> yeah but um yeah if we have to (laughs) if we have to yeah well i guess uh to wrap things up here uh next week's episode is as i said the final episode of i read comic books i said we're gonna end at 333 so paul nick and i are are gonna be bringing it home we're gonna be talking about our favorite endings in comics and our favorite ending to the podcast uh ever which will be the next episode so uh yeah, you can always follow us on Twitter. You can follow Brian at Brianhead. You can follow me at Mike Rappin, and you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at IRCB Podcast. Renee's killing it over there on the TikTok, and it's really fun <laughs> to sometimes just jump on and do whatever I want. This episode first aired on Patreon and is possible because of our wonderful patrons. Join today for exclusive series like IRCB Movie Club, Saga of Saga, and more. Join now at patreon.com backslash IRCB Podcast. If you haven't already, please rate and view our show uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Yes, they do have ratings. Give us five stars. I mean, if this episode didn't convince you to give us five stars, I don't know what will. (laughs) You can also join the IRCB Discord community to chat comics and more. Plus, you can listen to our episodes live as we record every week. Check out the link to our Discord in the show notes. Podcasts grow best when spread by word of mouth, so why not tell your friends, family, and local comic shop about IRCB? 
Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all of our music, and we can't thank them enough. Xander is a very cool guy who makes us sound extra cool every single week as he edits it and uh, puts together the chaos that is this show. I want to say thank you to everyone hanging out with us in Discord uh, today. Nick and Kev and Danny, we really appreciate it. Thank you to everyone out there who listens. You are wonderful, fantastic human beings, and we love you to death. Until next time, comics are good, and so are you. Thank you.